1: Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Desk Weekly Podcast, where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm Sports Editor Dandy Adana, alongside Bo Troutman, our Hello. lovely assistant. Lovely. Um, yeah, you're not sick anymore. I can That's jump right. it back up to lovely. Yeah, I'm pretty again. Yep. So we're both uh, somewhat healthy again. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of things have happened. Um, last week was one of our Stranger Podcasts with Hitler and... Yeah. Kobe and whatever else that we've talked about. It was heavy. Maybe that was two weeks ago. And we had D'Antonio. There's been a lot of interesting things like that. Um, We're mostly down to the local stuff uh, this time around. Uh, So, I mean, Hope Calvin, that was the big thing last week, obviously. Um, Great rivalry, sold out, packed energy. And... Calvin goes on a little run middle of the second half and open changes it from a four point lead to a twenty point lead and then it that was it. Um, the whole this whole rivalry it's just been odd lately because for so long the conference championship was had to go through one of those teams. Uh, so, uh, most years they had to go through both those teams and they had to fight it out to do it. Uh, it happened with the women for the women's team for a long time too until Trine kind of took that spot the last three or so years. Uh, in the, on the women's side. But first place would go through them. And it, 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 if one team was having an off year, first place still went through them, one of them or the other instead of both. You know, like a couple years ago, Hope won the league, I mean, Hope won the league like three years in a row. And I'm pretty sure they lost to Calvin once all three of those years. And once they lost on their home floor in the finale, then they lost... To Calvin again on their home floor in the MIAA Championship game, which gave Calvin the birth, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So, but those are the moments that. And Nick Cronemeyer, Hamilton's basketball coach, was the spark off the bench in that one, uh, the MIAA Championship for Calvin. Oh, yeah. um, and we've got uh, one of our better pictures we've ever taken. Uh, Chris Zadrasny took it of. Nick on top of the ladder, cutting the net down and screaming at the top of his lungs with both fists out, and uh, yeah, (coughs) those are the moments. Now, for the last three, (laughs) excuse me, (coughs) the last three years. I mean, hope won three years ago, but the last they did they they won. You know what I mean? They did all right. They 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 won the regular season. They did not win the tournament. They got upset in the tournament. Then that you have years I mean Calvin's not been great the last few years on the men's side and you know Hope couldn't beat them when they were 10 and 15 a couple years ago um and now Calvin's won 5 in a row Calvin's won 5 in a row and right now they're the best record of they've that they've been in the last 3 years and they're like 12 and 9 like that's not this rivalry used to be like the you know the 20 and 4 teams facing off you know and Couple of those lo- or at least one of those losses were to each other and stuff like this. It's, I mean, it was a. It's just an interesting dynamic. Like, now, these are the teams fighting for the middle of the pack. Now, and I'm sure everyone read my column about this, right, guys? Um, but uh, it's weird having the rivalry just still determine who's in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. uh, rather than who's in first place. And I think that, that the rivalry itself has lost a little luster in that regard because there's been multiple years, like there's been at least two years now where both teams have a mediocre record. I'm not saying talent-wise they're mediocre. Both teams are probably underachieving a bit. Um, But when you get that, you're not going to get the recruits. People are going to go, oh, hey, Albion's winning the MIAA. Maybe I'll join them. Trine's got something going. We'll go there. And... I mean, the MIAA, it's been great for the – while it's been great for the league that, you know, we, for the past few years, any, it's anybody's game for the most part. You know, there's four or five teams within the hunt all the time. Hope and Calvin have not proved to be one of those – I mean, they've proved to be one of those teams but not ended up getting there. Um, you know, it just would be – it's been at least three years since they were in the MIAA title game together, that Nick Cronemeyer game, and – uh it's just interesting. It's just interesting because it's still energized. The, the the teams are great. The rivalry itself is great. The teams want to beat each other. They're like brothers. You know what I mean? They're different spinoffs of the same religious group that are a half hour away in very traditional and old institutions. That's that's a dynamite rivalry, and that's why the rivalry itself is not going anywhere. It's just, It was just interesting watching, going, man, five years ago, both these teams were great. Or, man, ten years ago, both these teams were really great. Or, man... This matchup for the women used to be, you know, two two top five teams in the country facing off each other every year. You know, like it's 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 just a little bit interesting. I know I'm coming across pretty sour on it, but like it was. It's just to me, it's it's almost hard as a reporter to make so much of a big deal out of a game for fourth place, you know, and uh, and then just to watch hope just continue to in that pivotal moment not play well and lose the game i mean like i mean how can you you're you're a team i know that they've had their adversity with you know riley lewis quitting during the season and some of the other stuff that's happened and injuries and stuff but everyone was healthy this week you got a team you got the biggest rivalry in division three ESPN's number four basketball rivalry of all coming to your building and it's energized and it's loud in there and then all of a sudden it just it slips away like that. I mean, like, that's... It's different. It's a little different when it's at Calvin, you know? But it's... I feel like... I don't know if... I, as a fan, I don't know if I should be alarmed by the fact that these games are happening... Some of these things are happening at home or... Or not? I mean, or should I just accept? You know, do fans just accept that this team's not as good as past teams, and then they just make their peace with it? I'm not really sure, but I think this team—the problem for me as somebody who is, you know, forced by my contract to watch every game—which is fine. Uh, it's a great. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love watching them. I love my job. But I watch. My point is, I watch them every single game, or every, at least every single home game. And I think they are capable of it. That's why it's frustrating to see. Um but I think uh, I think in the next couple of years you're gonna see the balance in the MIAA shift back to Hope and Calvin a little bit. I mean, you got for the men, you got I mean, Evan Thomas and Clayton Dykes are both freshmen playing a ton for Hope right now. They don't have a senior starter. So they're all gonna be back. Um there's a lot. Um uh, there's a lot there. Um, this is a big deal. This is kind of a big deal year for them to kind of get in prepare for. Them. I mean they we're to the past the point of no return now. They're not going to have a fantastic season this year. There's not enough of it left. They could don't get me wrong, they could still win the MIW Tournament and go to the NCAA Tournament, but I still don't think I don't see it at this point for them. They're going to be in the MW Tournament. I don't see them winning it and and moving on at this point. But this is a big, big stepping stone. Could be a big stepping stone. You get a couple of big recruits. And then all of a sudden, I mean, they're not that far off. You get a couple big recruits. They, they could all of a sudden be the heavy favorite in the MIAA. Um, so we'll see what happens. But it would be nice to see. I mean, it was really, there was before these five losses in a row, for Hope, they had won a few, you know, more, you know, four out of five or whatever like that too. And it was really hard to, at that point, it was really hard to watch Calvin because Calvin had been this, you know, this great powerhouse team as well. And you had these years, I mean, you had these years where they just just really weren't good. And Hope was really good at that point. That was the, you know, in the middle of them winning the MIAA every year. And it was really hard. And I feel like it's getting to that point, like, Hope doesn't want another year to feel like that. So we'll see what happens. But this is, that was, uh, I mean, Calvin, five in a row. I mean, that's that hasn't happened in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So... Um. Yeah. Insane. I mean, I know you weren't watching, but I mean, when you hear stuff like that, I mean, you've experienced that rivalry before in general. Just what? I mean, what do you think, Bo?
0: Um. No, I think. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, just to kind of give it some perspective. Like, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan. If all of a sudden, and I mean, think about how what Michigan's Michigan fans are going through. You know, they put that through. Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's just like anytime. When you have a central, you know, and not all schools can say that. Hope and Calvin right. are both very lucky to be able to say that they, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, okay, I hate Michigan, but it's like, you know, if we didn't have them, it wouldn't be special. Right. Exactly. You bet. Michigan, you know, right. It's like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have the credibility that it has. Right. Duke, so, North
1: Carolina has that going yeah. on, too.
0: So whenever you have that, it's like, you know, you want to be just as part of it as the other school. And if one school is dominating, man, it sucks. Now, luckily, as a, as a fan, I've never experienced that. But to think, I mean, I honestly think from just Michigan fans' perspective, or in this case, Hope fans' perspectives, yeah, I mean, it's like, oh you know, what's going on here? Yeah, it's, like you said earlier, trying to find, okay, do I make my peace with it? Do I do this? I don't know. I don't think there's any good answer.
1: Right. And, I mean, when you think about Michigan, the Michigan-Ohio State part of it, there's only been a couple years in the last, what, se- how many they won in a row? Seven. Um, Six? Since 2011, so, so however many, nine? eight or nine or eight. something like that. Eight, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was and it then, was seven going into this week. But yeah. there was really only one or two years where Ohio State put the stank on them. Yeah. I mean, there's still close games even though, I mean, some of they weren't all close. But yeah. most of them were enough where it was close in the fact where you knew Ohio State was the superior team, so they won by one or two scores. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a blowout or whatever. There was that one there was really a blowout. But like, that's my problem right now. But there's like, but think about Michigan and Ohio State this whole year. I mean, the, the all of these years, even the blowout year, they're they're top fifteen ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Hope and Calvin are fourth place, fighting for fourth place in the MIAA. That's the difference yeah. to me. Um, that makes you know that's the one factor that that needs to be changed. And I think, I think they're headed in the right direction. It's just taking a little bit longer than people anticipated. But um, the rivalry is still spectacular. There's nothing like going into either of those venues with just about every seat taken. The student sections on both sides are loud. It was crazy. It was crazy. And uh, the one little nugget I wanted to mention that, like my fa- actually my favorite moment of the day was they uh, right before halftime uh, during a timeout. Uh, former Hope President Gordon Van Wylen, who had just turned a hundred was they, they had him out, they wheeled him out and, you know, honored him in the crowd. And he actually went to Calvin and then was Hope's president for a long time and, wow. like, design, helped design the campus as it is now. Big deal now. His family's all gone to Hope. He had grandkids that went to West Ottawa that both played at Hope a few years ago. And he... To see everyone in the building... Give him a standing ovation. Now, before they – and to Calvin fans' credit, they – the student section, the, the PAC student section, everybody else were standing applauding before Hope's current president said that he went to Calvin. Like it was, hey, our former president is here. He made it 100 years and everybody went nuts. And that was – that doesn't happen when they're playing Olivet. You know what I mean? Like, the energy isn't the same. But to have – several thousand people over 3000 people booming on the fact that somebody turned 100 yeah it was awesome and and somebody so pivotal to both institutions you know and and to this to the rivalry uh, indirectly but still i mean that was that was pretty cool um but that's the you know that's the difference and i like that's reminded me of being at michigan stadium and i know ohio state is like this a little bit too is in the fact that that that's what makes this rivalry so special is they will 113,000 people at the big house will stand and applaud the gymnastics team for winning the big 10s the robotics team for winning something the whatever that's what separates them from other schools there's only you know really like eight colleges division 1 colleges in the country that have that kind of uh <laughs> tradition that you think of that kind of stuff happening you know you, you talk Michigan and Ohio State, you're talking, like, USC, maybe Cal, um, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, teams like And then, the, it, then you start running out. You know, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe Duke and North Carolina, if they're honoring people at a basketball game, you know what I mean, or something like that. But that's – and then Hope Calvin is that for D3. I mean, there's other, like – there's a couple other like East Coast D3 teams that and rivalries that have this with Williams and Amherst and Tufts and stuff like that, uh, but this is it. And like that, but that was the best. Mo- that was one of the best moments for yeah. me is just feeling that energy for something that united both groups. That was pretty cool. And that's again what makes the rival so special. So close. So similar. So you know, there's so many people intertwined. We got right now. We've got. Swimmers from Holland Christian that are twin sisters—one goes, one swims at Hope, one swims at Calvin. You know, we've got things going on like that. The volleyball team—we got the Wester sisters—one's on Hope, one's on Calvin—and like the, you know, you get that especially around here. You get a lot of kids. Some kids from Holland Christian go to Hope. Some kids from Holland Christian go to Calvin, and public school kids too. It's not always just a private school thing. But you're you're most likely if you get into the rivalry in any sport, you're probably playing with. And against former teammates, which is awesome, or and or former rivals, too, high school rivals or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it it just changes the dynamic in West Michigan, which is pretty cool. So, um, but did not turn out very well for Hope in the end. Um, So five in a row for Calvin, though. That's it. Still, just leaves me kind of slowly shaking my head. Not like what is wrong with this group, but just like really five in a row, huh? Like Mm -hmm. it's just it's miffing. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. miffed. So. Hope women do not have that problem right now. They rolled no, through no. their games again, uh, crushed Adrian. Meg Morehouse led him in scoring. Thought that was a pretty big deal that's off cool. the bench. That yeah. uh, she, yeah, I think she had 16. That was a big, you know, uh, moment for her. Just to you know, even if it's you know, she's fighting for playing time with a huge upperclassmen group. that's fantastic. Just to have a game like that is a you know is kind of oh, yeah. a big good confidence boost and a big deal. Good for their future too. Yeah, um,
0: and they have some good guards on there,
1: too. right? And they only have two seniors on their team, but they have like seven juniors, there, which yeah. is an insanely big class at all to have. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting seeing that dynamic mm-hmm. next year. It'll be pretty similar dynamic, but then when that big group of seven goes or eight That's or however many weird. is, it's going to be yeah. very different. So I mean, people are. I mean. People already feel like Kennedy Schoonveld and Olivia Voskel have been, and Lauren Newman have been on the team for like 10 years. And they still have this whole year and a whole other year to go. So, um, but yeah, that's what happens when you contribute as a freshman. And now that's what Meg's doing. Lauren Bagley's doing that. Claire Bagley, not Lauren Bagley. Claire Claire Bagley. Bagley. Um, So that's good for them. She had a a pretty good game too. Um, All right, high school basketball. We've had some crazy high school games too. Eli Steffen dropped 40. (whistles) Uh, For Zealand West, and not just dropped 40, dropped 40 in the rivalry game against Zealand East to lead them to a revenge victory after Zealand East won the first matchup. That's a big time player right there. I mean, that's 40 points. Holy smokes. You never, I mean, you always know that that's a possibility with somebody who could shoot like that and also can drive to the basket. So he's going to hit some threes and he's going to get some buckets in the paint, also get fouled, gets to the free throw line a lot. But in that rivalry, man, I mean, that is. That's just a spectacular performance. Um, first, That's our first 40-point game of the year. We've had some 30s. A.J. Ettinger from Hamilton, she had 30 in a game. Corinne Howard from Fenville's had at least one 30-point game, maybe two. <laughs> um, Tripp Reemersma from Zeland has had a 30-point game. Okay. Uh, we think Nick Wedovan from Calvary had a 30-point game. It's hard to remember yeah. all these yeah, things now, too. yeah, they've had they've had some big games. Have been close, if not. Anders Rasmussen from Holland has had high twenties at least. If he hasn't had a thirty point, I mean, like we had years where it was just a big deal when anyone scored twenty more than once in a row, you know. And I mean, <laughs> we didn't have too many thirty point scores till we had Demetrius Lake, <laughs> and then oh we had then we went from to forty and fifty pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then some of the better teams, you never had that because I mean, when West Otto went to the finals a couple years ago, they had so many great players. No one ever had that big of a game. It's like the Hope Women now. They're they're ranked number three in the country. They're one of two unbeaten teams. And their leading scorer scores nine points a game. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Let's so, be curious to see like come tournament time too how that dynamic plays out. I still think that they they've got if if Kennedy Schoonville can have embraced that role of explosion, I've seen her do it in high school. I've seen her do it in college, but if she can be that go-to scorer in uh it doesn't have to be her, but she's mm-hmm. done it before. It's Sydney Muller too. Yeah. Well, she's been hurt. Yeah. So we'll see yeah, how that true. goes. Yeah. Um, she might not be back the rest of the year. So that, yeah. which is a huge blow, but uh, with that deep team, mm-hmm. not as huge of a blow as it could have been in other years, right. I guess. So we'll see how that goes. But, Lot I mean, Zealand every this uh, this past Friday you saw Hamilton and Holland boys go to overtime. Yeah. Um. So what was that like?
0: Well, those two teams obviously kind of having both kind of like identical years. They're both three and nine. Um. It was cool. Uh Great game. Um. You know, it's like obviously as a journalist, you know, got to keep it objective, but like I will say that there were some calls maybe that you know kind of as. As an objective sports or a non-objective sports fan, I was like, "Oh, you know," I was like shaking my head. But as a journalist, you know, it's like, "Well, it is what it is." But uh
1: right, but at the same time, you trust your own eyes. Oh yeah. Too, you've covered and, enough sports to know when there's yeah. when it's a bad call, and my own eyes, or were, when it could be a bad call. Right. I mean, we can't always see from our vantage point, True. but it, sometimes we totally can.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it, it's tough because, you know, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't one sided. Both teams were dealing with kind of the same thing, but like. And I get it, you know they're trying. It's a fast-paced game. It's like it's kind of there's an armchair quarterback kind of element to criticizing officiating. But like sometimes you just shake your head. It's just sometimes because it it just kind of affects it, you know. An otherwise amazing game. You know, there's that little asterisk. But anyway, um, it was really a great game. Um, A little bit anticlimactic into the overtime. It was kind of decided on a couple split pairs of free throws, but. I mean, leading up, I mean, Anders Rasmussen for Holland hits that three, to, you know, making 49 49 and uh, some pretty incredible shots in that game. So it's a great defense, too. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And two teams that, yeah, they're down on their luck, but they, they will play their hearts out uh, Friday night. So that was really cool to see.
1: Yeah, and we got, I mean, Zealand West got their revenge on Zealand East. The Zealand East girls got their revenge on Zealand West. And um, West Ottawa got their that they lost on a buzzer beater. The boys did. And then the girls got their revenge on the Grand Haven girls. It was a big redemption kind of yeah, weekend. Um, it was kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of good basketball, too, though. I mean, close basketball, good performances. We've had a lot of big-time performances lately. Calvary, the Calvary boys are still playing really, really well. I think they've only lost one in their league. Um, and, uh yeah, it's just interesting to see, you know, some of these teams and some of these players emerge. Um, you know, we knew Ethan Aldrink was going to be good for Holland Christian. Uh, he, they lost a lot around him this past year, but they also now are getting emergence from other places. Um, Jackson Halbert's become a legitimate score, and they they played. I mean, let me let's not forget them. They played Unity this weekend and they lost by a point as their buzzer beater attempt missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's incredible, you know, I mean you're defending state champion, you're playing you know, they, they're they proving that they can play at that level, which is really big for them, especially after they, like, they lost like three of the first four conference games or something yeah. like like with really close, close losses, so that's big for them uh, the Holland Christian girls lost to Unity for the second time, um, this is a team that steamrolled Hamilton you know, and, and looked like their matchup this week with Byron Center would be a first place matchup, but now they're in third place, and it's just a little different. Um, I'm not sure what the matchup issue is there, but you know, I know they're not too happy with losing the unity twice. Um, but you know, high school basketball—you just gotta move on. It's, there's always new life when districts start, and uh, everybody's got everybody on, in our the whole area's got at least one score that could take over a game, yeah. which I don't remember any time that that's happened with everybody. Mm-hmm. Zealand has got a few people that could take over a game. Zealand West has got a couple, and Holland Christian's got a couple, and ha- Holland's got at least one. Uh, West Ottawa's definitely got some guys that can. And same with the girls, Karner, Alyssa Karner can do that. Um, the Zealand East girls are proving that they can do it by committee, if not by you know all one person. Kaylee Baker can take over a game. AJ Ettinger can take over a game. Um, Nick Weddeman and Tyler Mod can take over a game. Becca Morin for Black River Girls can take over a game. Danny Sharkey's had some big games for the Black yeah. River boys as they're trying to turn the corner a little bit here it's one of my favorite names um, and that's I mean Corinne Howard can take over a game you know what I mean like there's yeah, uh, yeah it's just interesting it's one of those teams like, Fen- the Fenville girls are gonna end I mean oh bro the Peterson brothers could take over a game and the Scott brothers for the Fenville boys I mean there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of talent there uh, but like If you go, unless you know you've got a stacked team, you know what I mean? Like, the Fenville girls are going to come into districts, like, with a less than 500 record or a 500 record, but you're not going to want to play them. Because you know that all it takes is Corinne being on and you're done, you know? like, And that's incredible that one person can have that much influence. But it's happening. I mean... Yeah, it's going to be interesting the way you know we fit. I mean, say I mean Holland Christian girls they played Hamilton. They shut down AJ Ediger. She got in a little foul trouble, but she didn't play well, and they had a good strategy against her. But if a team doesn't have that good a strategy, she'll drop thirty on you, Yeah. and you're you're toast. You know, and it's just it's going to be interesting, and they're going to play again, and they're going to play again in the district. I think so. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff going on there. Definitely. I mean, we got uh, West Ottawa Swimming is uh, one step away from clinching a share of the OK Red title. Um, we've got some big matchups coming up next week in the green with Holland Christian and Zeeland swimming against each other. The Holland Wrestling Team won the OK Green Championship and uh, had, I think, five, five guys win their individual conference. We had a couple winners from the Zeeland schools and I think two or three from the Chicks, one from the Ducks. A couple from Hamilton. I mean, it was a big day. I mean, considering Byron Center finished second, that's an awful lot of non-Byron Center winners, um, which is which is which is a big deal. Um, West Auto had a couple conference champions, and uh, they'll you know they're they're having a little tougher year overall, just with some of the, how good the Red has been. But uh, moved to districts this week. We got team districts. Wednesday, and then the individual districts on Saturday, and then they'll. We got the same thing for regionals, individual and uh, team next week. So, lots of things going on. I mean, we actually have somewhat of a break of national stuff. There's a lot of talk about some things, like, you know, still more talk about the Astros and more talk about are they going to change the postseason because they're talking about that and stuff like that, and, you know, Ken Kawhi went with the Clippers yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But uh, uh, the big one that's kinda hit us a little bit is that I mean, well, oh, Michigan, Michigan State, for one. I mean, oh, yeah. that was yeah. uh, Michigan State's stars did not show up in the big moments. And Michigan well, I'm not surprised Michigan won. I'm not wouldn't have been surprised if they lost either. I mean, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good basketball rivalry right now. Um, so that'll be something I mean as you get further I mean Izzo had ripped apart some, you know, fans or non-fans for ripping his players apart on Twitter and stuff oh, this past gosh. week and yeah. props to him for stepping up and saying something because it's crazy. I mean, he said the right things too. I mean, he said, "Hey, they're students. They're doing more for this university than most people. I'm the one that makes all the money. Send those complaints my way," you know, or whatever and, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that you should say, but he was very up, visibly upset about it um, And then they That was before Then they go into Michigan And lose And it's just like yeah. They need to figure out I mean They do though They, all, I mean every time You think this Like oh I don't know And Sparty could be in trouble And then you, it's like Oh it's tournament time exactly. You know and they're back yeah. So The Big Ten's brutal I too. think it's good That they're having A little bit of a rough patch In the middle to be honest Because if you didn't You don't want to have The rough patch at the end You know uh, So there'll, there'll be a lot To learn from this And big win for Michigan too After they had a bit Of a rough patch so it could yeah. could square off some things interestingly. Um, Pistons traded Andre Drummond, which is good and bad. He's pissed because he wanted to be stay in Detroit. He liked it in Detroit. We liked having him in Detroit, but at the same time they were stuck in this we're gonna finish eighth and get a playoff spot or we're gonna finish ninth and' just miss out on a playoff spot and never get a good draft pick ever like that's been years now where they've been yeah. oh, they've been seventh, eighth or ninth or seventh through ten. They've been in the same spot, the same, eh, we kind of made it, but we're going to get swept in the first round, or we just barely missed it. It's not helping them. They've traded. They, I mean, Drummond's been great. They got Griffin, Blake Griffin, a couple years ago, He and that was a big deal at the time, and he's a good player. But, it, I mean, what draft pick in the last six, seven, six or seven years has been good for the Pistons, like really good for the Pistons? Nobody. No one. Yeah. They don't draft well. I feel like they don't draft well. That's been uh a problem when they've drafted. Darko was obviously oh, the big gosh. one, yeah. but I mean they've had you know, they just have they've drafted some different guys that you think are going to make it and they're not. Darvin Ham was one that just you know, he was kind of a role player but he just didn't you know, didn't end up there I mean they had the kid from Duke they had a couple years ago. Tayshon Prince was a good draft pick. That was, was that was a great one and they've had a couple other good ones since mm-hmm. um but it's just when you're drafted fifteenth all the time, the hit or miss value is quite a bit different than when you're drafted third or fourth. Mm-hmm. So um, right. maybe this, maybe they'll t- maybe they'll tank now and get a much better draft pick. But um, and then they get draft picks in the deal, so maybe this is part of their master plan. But it just it almost seems like they they made the. The Griffin trade was like their big move, and then it didn't. It was stagnant. They had to do something, so it's a bummer because Drummond was fun to watch. I'm not fun to watch free throws, but I mean, he get thirty rebounds in a game, yeah. And some of the stuff he did was great. A good defender, you know. Like it just uh, he he also was a very piston style player. Defense, rebounding, inside scoring, blue collar. This is what the you know this is what Detroit does and I think that's why he loved being here I think that's why the fans embraced him so much and I think that's why it's so hard that he's gone and now who I mean you got a you know a not 100% Blake Griffin who you I mean who are you cheering for who are you going to watch you know who I'm going to watch the opponents yeah and that's a bummer and but if that gets you if you have a year or two uh, the rest of this year and next year maybe even of that that gets you two really good draft picks I mean think about uh, the Timberwolves, uh, not the Timberwolves, the Bucks turn around. Sh- you get two good draft picks, boom. Your whole franchise is turned around. Yeah, And it's happened in other places like that, too. The 76ers, you know, like yeah, you, get, oh gosh, you get a couple sure. of good draft picks and boom. It happened with Cleveland before LeBron came back. And, you know, they, had, they got a couple of really big picks. The Washington Wizards got uh, Watt. I mean Wall, John Wall, John Wall and uh, Yeah, and they're back to back and they yeah. turn it around and they had. I mean they haven't been as good since, but they had they they looked like hey, they're the one the hot new ticket turning it around. The Bucks have done the same thing. We've seen other franchises do the same thing. Um, and it's just so maybe that'll happen, but again you're banking on it you getting to you know, this is a team that, you know, passed on Carmelo, D Wade, Chris Bosch, Chris Kamen. Kyle Korver, uh, all in one draft. That was all one year. That was all one year. Um, And, you know, another, I mean, think of the people who have made it that they've passed on, too. I mean, like, but it'll be interesting. I honestly think in the long run this will be good. But it's hard, and the Red Wings can tell you this, too. It's hard to go through a rebuild when you don't have Somebody the fans want to see. The Tigers still have Cabrera. Mm. People wear their Cabrera shirts. People buy Cabrera shirts. People go to see him. I will go and see. I will go and know they're going to lose most of the games. But watching somebody of that caliber playing for my team that's going to the Hall of Fame that is one of the maybe the best one of the best two right-handed hitters in the last 70 years. You still want to pay to watch him take his four or five at bats, even if you think they're going to lose, because it's watching an artist. There's an, or and and somebody who's been there long enough that it's your guy, um, and that's why the rebuild. The, the once once Lidstrom retired from the Red Wings, the rebuild was in trouble because you need you need someone. The Red Wings don't have that one guy. I mean, Jimmy Howard, but, like, he's been (laughs) up and down enough that it's not like everybody's like, yeah, Jimmy, we love Jimmy. No, they're not. Not everybody's like that. Um, But the Pistons now don't have that, which is the risk. So you just got to hope that it works quickly. In a basketball, it can work quicker. You just need two to three years and then maybe it'll work. So we'll see what happens with the Pistons. Um, kind of bleak, though. It's like the first time we've talked about them in so long, that's how crazy it's been. Yeah. So, yeah, it does look bleak. But, again, if they don't, you know, if they're going to drop down a couple spots because they don't have Drummond down, which likely they will. I'm not saying they're going to tank or lose on purpose or anything like that, obviously. Mm. But if they're going to be dropping down a few spots, their odds of getting a, draft pick, a higher draft pick are higher they're not going to be good next year we already know that so hopefully that means and then plus the trades you get a couple picks then you get another high draft pick next year if you can get um if you can get one fantastic prospect out of that and two guys that are just hanging around that you know are going to be good decent you know what i mean like um then you know that you can build on something they just they now have nothing to build on they got to get something to build on And that's what the Red Wings don't have either. They have a lot of little pieces, but they don't have something to build on. They can't build on great goaltending, or they can't build on great defense, or they can't build on great offense because they don't have any of them.
0: Right. And it sucks because they had young guys I thought were like those pieces, like uh, Andreas Athanasiu uh mantha I mean they had some young Larkin, Larkin. Yeah. you put
1: them all they were on the line right together yeah. but you when that line's sitting down they're awful they're terrible yeah it's you almost had to break them up because you have no talent there's two right. lines where you're just like who's gonna score right it almost seems like those guys now though aren't difference makers you
0: know it's like if you have one difference maker on a team it,
1: I I feel like Larkin could be that if he had a little more support yeah. but at the same time Eisiserman was when he had no support. Exactly. And before when he was drafted in the mid-80s, they were awful and he was still scoring 40, 50 goals exactly. and getting it done. And then when they started to be a little bit better, they got off, then he started doing it, you yeah. know, and it was like they there was always that bit. You know, it's like the same thing with like well, like I was saying about Cabrera. Now, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You're going to watch somebody perform. I know Cabrera hasn't had his best season. He's still been hurt. I hope you guys know that he is still not 100%. He's been, you know, walking through these injuries and stuff. But mm-hmm. but even and he did just fine. Oh, he batted like 290 last year, which something is like for him not that great, but for anybody else it's great. Sorry he didn't hit as many home runs and he's hitting more singles now, but he's still in 290 something. Oh, Come yeah. on. Take I'll take point. it. Yeah, That's still a beautiful thing. So yeah, so anyway, I mean like that's that's my problem with that. I mean, and if Stafford Ever went, they have that. Would the Lions have that? You have Stafford, that's something to build on. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just him, it's something to build on. But they've had him to build on for so long. That's why it's so hard in Detroit right now, because you're like, if Stafford, because he got hurt this year, first mm-hmm. time he really got hurt, you know? Right. If he's gone, there's nothing to build on. And who knows? I mean, Cabrera could be a year away from retirement. You could have a year. You could have a year in the next two or three years where there's nothing to build on in all four Detroit franchises, and that is mind mind-boggling. mind. I can't even say it right. It's that scary. Yeah. As a fan, to think that they all could be at the bottom of a rebuild at the same time. It's amazing. It's yeah. insane. You never had that. In the 80s the Tigers were fantastic when the Red Wings stunk. Then the Tigers started to tail off a little bit. The Pistons rose to prominence. Mm. And then the Pistons, you know, had their day and with that first Bad Boys group, and then just there was only a couple years later. Then the Red Wings won two cups in a row, and then kept winning here and there a little bit, you know. And then they, you know, then the Pistons won again. And then just when that you were like, well, they're not going to do anything, whatever. Then the Tigers won four divisions in a row, and they won the pennant and in, in there, in the middle there, and just yeah, I mean, like there was only a couple of years where. Even if they didn't win, they were contenders. You know, like there's always that. We got – not. I mean, there's, there's a good chance that – I mean, even with Cabrera and even with Stafford, there's a good chance that all four teams stink next year, mm-hmm. stink at the same time. I can't remember any time. I mean, even in the early 90s when the – so the Pistons were winding down even before the Red Wings got in. The, that was when the Lions actually won a playoff game. They had Barry Sanders, and you thought they had a chance. And even when they didn't win, they made it to the playoffs a few other times with Barry Sanders. It didn't matter. You had Barry Sanders; you had a shot. Mm-hmm. They've never had anybody like that. You don't say who. You got Matthew Stafford; you had a shot. Yeah, you got a shot at being a seven and seven, you know an eight and eighteen, but just with him, I mean, you need help yeah. to get it back. But like with Barry Sanders, he could take over every single game against the best defenses and whatever. You just had to be able to stop the other team, which they were in the early '90s because they had all those guys: Spielman, Jerry Ball, Benny Blades, Ray Crockett. You had great defense for a couple of years there, and then they didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, I'm just I'm just really really fearful for Detroit sports because, like I said, if Cabrera doesn't have a little bit better year now, people will write him off, and they're not. Even if he does, they're going to be bad. They don't have any pitching. Yeah. And they got those young other guys that swing at everything and still and they you know, they don't have they're they're still too far away. And the Red Wings, same thing. Oh great, I can watch Larkin score or that line score two goals and we'll lose five two. Awesome. And the Pistons, now who do you watch? I mean Blake Griffin is not hobbling around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you don't even have that. And then the same thing with the Lions, you're like, well but you think all those four the Lions are the best? Really? That's sad. And they're not and they're like yeah I yeah. mean like that's I mean this year was bad I mean last year was decent but yeah. like or was it two years ago I don't even remember now I yeah. just it's all blown and blurs old, together it all runs with me together yeah. so um, the, to me that's my biggest fear though is that this is all going to hit Detroit at once and Detroit could if it stays that way Detroit could become the new Cleveland and that's no fun for anybody oh, okay, I wouldn't right. wish I don't even wish that on Cleveland yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anybody I mean I know the Cavs won a couple years ago but like. Yeah. I mean, the Cavs, that's the only team that's won in, like, 50 years. And, I mean, even Kansas City, the Chiefs just won for the first time in 50 years. At least the Royals won twice in the middle of that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, but we think about the Red Wings have won four in my lifetime. The Pistons have won three in my lifetime. The Tigers have won one in my lifetime but been in two other World Series. Mm. And the Lions have won one playoff game in my lifetime. That's in 91, oh my 92 there when they were in the – nfc title game against the redskins and the redskins were at the end of their like dynastic 80s teams so yeah it's just i mean it's been pretty interesting i mean just as a—I mean michigan state has won a basketball national championship during this during my lifetime michigan has won uh a basketball championship in 89 i was alive then i was eight years old i was big into that team and then they've been in the final four three other times Michigan State's been in the final four a bunch. Michigan's won two hockey national titles. I think Michigan State won one during my lifetime too. And it's that's a lot when you think about it. You go to other places, you don't have that. So that's why it's going to be so hard because we've been so lucky but also in general sports has meant so much to the state of Michigan that it's going to be you know that's that's going to be Extra devastating when all four teams stink, it's be tough. and they already do. Yeah, but I mean, when we've established that, oh wow, now they really all stink. Mm-hmm. But this is to me, this is like the last straw because you lost your blue collar fan favorite. Mm-hmm. The line, or the Red Wings, don't quite have that; haven't quite had that since Lidstrom left. Yeah. The Tigers are hang- theirs is hanging by a thread, and the Lions is still their quarterback if he comes back healthy, you know, and stuff. But it's still going to be interesting so go cubs i guess guess, um like (laughs) but it's just yeah it'll be it'll be interesting so all right well we will leave you with that sorry to leave you that sad thought but uh um go out and watch some local basketball we got a big friday this week we the west ottawa team is hosting hudsonville for the doubleheader and it's the purple games holland is hosting zealand west for their doubleheader and it's the be nice games uh zealand East is hosting Hamilton, which will be a huge, uh, huge matchup, especially on the girls' side. That's a big girls' game right now. And then uh, Holland Christians hosting Byron Center um, at the Civic. So, I mean, great games everywhere. Go out and see your teams. Um, and if you don't have a team and you want to go out, go to the Be Nice game or go to the Purple game. Raise some money for a good cause. Uh, the Be Nice games about mental health awareness. The Purple games are about uh, raising money for cancer research. You can't go wrong with either one of those. Plus, you'll see some really good basketball because, yeah, I mean, you're watching. If you go to the Be Nice game, you got Rasmussen versus Eli Steffen and uh, and 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 company for both of those teams. And then uh, for the the Purple game, both teams. I mean, Hudsonville's ranked. And West Ottawa was like almost ranked, so the, it's good. And then, but the energy of having that kind of a game at home, there's going to be two really good games there too. So, um, go out and see some sports, and uh, yeah, we will break all that action down uh, next week and talk. We'll find some more interesting things to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, enjoy the sports week, and we will be back next week.